It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast live from Indianapolis here at the 2020 Scouting Combine. We've got a great show lined up today. I teased a little bit how we are going to be talking quarterbacks this week, and it is coming. I got a chance to sit down with the one, the only, Mark Schofield. He is here, and I am very excited to have gotten a chance to talk to him. We get into a lot with uh, the Panthers quarterback situation and talking a lot about uh, these draft prospects so hope you guys are excited and without further ado here is my conversation with mark schofield all right guys we are here in indianapolis at the scouting combine and i am honored to be here with one of my best friends really on twitter and, and i truly mean that because he's been he's meant so much to me on and off uh on and off the football field. Mark Schofield is with me. We're going to talk a little bit about quarterbacks and Cam Newton. Mark, pleasure to have you here. Just so happy to finally get here on the pod. No, Bill, it's great to be here. Great to be with you. Always great to see you. We got a chance to spend a lot of time together uh, down at Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and it's great to see you out here in Indy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like like I said, Mark's been Mark's been like a big brother to me. He's he's helped me through so much. I, I can never say too many nice things about him. I'm just so grateful for his support and everything like that. But uh, He's obviously the quarterback guru here as well, so that's why I wanted to get on, get him on here because, of course, Carolina has a little bit of a quarterback conundrum going on. Uh, the future of Cam Newton is certainly up in the air. We had Matt Rule's press conference yesterday, and certainly he took in a lot of questions about Cam Newton, but he seemed really excited about the possibility of having Cam Newton with him and really wants to work with Cam Newton. So from your perspective, Mark, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, we'll just throw it out right now. What's going to happen with Cam Newton with the Panthers? You know, probably before the combine, you know, thoughts could have been made, statements could have been made that perhaps they were moving in a direction where they might move away from Cam Newton. They might want to move on from him. But I think, as you pointed out, Bill, during his press conference yesterday, and basically, you know, throughout this process in the past couple of days here, Matt Rule said all the right things about Cam Newton. Does seem like you said to want to work with him. And I think that makes a lot of sense from where the Carolina Panthers are right now. I think if you look at where that offense can be with Cam Newton, who I still believe can be a great quarterback in this league, still has a lot of tremendous ability to rinse the table. Um, you know, there are certainly some flaws to his game, but all quarterbacks have flaws. Um, I think as long as Cam Newton can stay healthy, you know, he could be a, a huge asset to this offense and can certainly help this offense move in the direction where it needs to go for the Carolina Panthers to be competitive. Now, the question mark sort of becomes, with that being said, do they still make a move at the quarterback position anyway? You know, because if Cam Newton's healthy, great, but if he's not healthy, what do you have behind him right now? Mm-hmm. With Kyle Allen, who showed flashes at times, um, but, but certainly also has some drawbacks to his game. And then you have an unproven prospect in, in Will Greer, who had some good moments when he was in West Virginia, had some bad moments as well. Um, had, did some things in, you know, in preseason that were good and both bad for the Panthers. Um, I know Matt Rule also spoke highly of him, thought the world of him, obviously coached against him when he was a Baylor. But they do have some question marks at the quarterback position, not beyond Cam Newton. And so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they roll with Cam Newton, 
they do make that decision, but they also address quarterback sometime later in the draft. Yeah, I, th I think uh, it, it definitely feels like both statements can be true in terms of they could bring back Cam Newton for 2020 and like try to be a little competitive, but also be in a rebuilding process. You know, because like like you said, they can definitely go after. There, there's obviously all these options of quarterback. There's been some speculation, not necessarily from the draft media, but just uh, some thoughts from other people that maybe they can make the jump up to say number three in, in a trade with the Lions to go after someone like like Tua, who you know we heard from yesterday at the combine as well, and uh, he still hasn't been clear, but we know come March 9th he's going to be cleared and he's going to be ready to go at his pro day. So if we look at some of these quarterback options and. You know, we could touch on Joe Burrow, I guess, a little bit, but I mean, let, let's be realistic. He's not, uh, he obviously shot down those rumors about not wanting to play in Cincinnati. So I think we're pretty well set that he's going to Cincinnati. But when it comes to Tua and Herbert, because those would be the, the two likely options, how would those guys fit in this Carolina offense? And what do you think would have to happen if they wanted to, to move up? Like, what do you think it's going to ha have to take to? to move up to get one of these guys. I mean, you're going to have to put together a good package if you're going to go up and get two. I mean, you look at the fact that this draft, I think, it begins at two, mm -hmm. you know, with what Washington does, because Washington has a lot of cards that they can play. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the fact that obviously people sort of expect them to stay put and draft Chase Young, but they could move out. You know, if you're a team like, say, the Miami Dolphins, you might want to make sure that you can get your hands on two. You know, you might want to move up to two. So it would probably cost a lot. You know, Washington has a lot of cards they can play, and if they're going to give up the right to draft Chase Young, who could be a, you know, game-changing type player at the edge defender position, which is a valuable position in today's NFL, I think it's going to cost a lot. And so the cost might be prohibitive. It might be a situation where, if, like you said, Bill, they're trying to remain competitive and yet rebuild at the same time. That's a steep price to pay. I mean, you're talking about giving up, you know, a first and maybe future first as well, as well as perhaps some more picks in addition to that. So that's a big price to play to go, go get to him. I think Herbert might be, if he's there for them, you know, with that pick at seven, he might be the better play for them. Um, because if they do decide to address quarterback early, he could re very reasonably be on the board for them at seven. I think when you look at what we expect this Panthers offense to look like, more of a modern spread type system, obviously that's the background that Justin Herbert's coming from. He showed both on tape and it's the senior bowl um, when he was working with the Cincinnati Bengals the ability to run a sort of a you know spread full field type offense to attack defenses over the middle along the boundaries as well certainly has a live arm I think he checks that box he also checks that athleticism box and in today's National Football League we have so many athletic edge defender types defensive tackles that can pressure the pocket you have to be able to move you have to be able to reset your feet reset your throwing position and then make accurate throws sometimes on the move and Justin Herbert can do that and so I think given the cost that it might take to go up and get Tua, while Tua might be a better prospect, provided the hip checks out, Justin Herbert might be the safer, more cost-effective way for the Panthers to address quarterback early should they decide to do that. And then, of course, you know, going back to the, the cost thing, obviously the big factor, too, is not just moving up for those picks or moving up to two or three, just that gap. You're talking two teams right in front of them that are also in the quarterback market. I mean, they know they have to, if they want to get one of these guys, they've got to jump Miami, they've got to jump the Chargers. And, you know, you talked about Justin Herbert. There, there's still that obstacle, too, that the Chargers can be, can be in play in six. I mean, they're talking of Tyrod Taylor, but, right. you know, there's uh, there, there's never a guarantee there either. Right, and we, we've seen how things have played out with Tyrod Taylor over the past couple of seasons. Well, he's been in the league. Look, he was going to be the bridge quarterback in Buffalo, and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And he was going to be the bridge quarterback in Cleveland, and that didn't work out. We saw quickly 
Baker Mayfield got onto the field. You might be in another similar situation where, yes, the Chargers are talking up Tyrod Taylor, but I wouldn't put a pass in the draft Justin Herbert six, and so you might have to move up, you know, to get ahead of them to get the five. So there are a lot of different ways this can play out, and the more we talk about it, the more it does sort of seem like keeping Cam Newton, resigning him, finding a way to get that sort of done, and then addressing quarterback, say maybe a little bit later in the draft, mm-hmm. might be the way to go. That's that's what I'm. That's what I've been thinking too. I I wouldn't even put it past them to even trade down I think that has to be a potential as well because they only have seven picks right now you know and like we said they want to be competitive but they want to start building for the future as well so I think getting those picks so and in that sense too we could start talking about some of these other quarterbacks like you know a Jordan Love or a Jalen Hurts or even like a Jake Fromm or Jacob Eason or any of these guys more of a likely option than these top guys you know I, I think probably you know given the fact that there's so many different factors at play. And, of course, you know, we're recording this before free agency really gets going. And a lot of this could change because, you know, a team like, say, the Chargers, they, we might consider them in the mix for quarterback right now, but who knows? Maybe a Jameis Winston goes there or you know, maybe a Marcus Mariota goes there or a situation like that plays out where now suddenly they're not in the mix for a quarterback at six. That changes the sort of calculus here. And so a lot could change in the next couple of weeks, and that's certainly the talk in and around Indy that, you know, the free agent landscape is going to change the draft. Because sitting here right now, before free agency gets going, you know, there's a thought in my mind that we might see five quarterbacks in the first four team. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say we see, you know, Cincinnati, Burrow at one, and then you see two at somewhere in the top five. Then you might see a Herbert at six or seven. And then I look at that stretch, 12, 13, 14, where you've got the Raiders, you've got the Colts, and you've got the Bucks. All three teams could be in that quarterback mix as well. And then you're talking about guys like Jordan Love and Jacob Eason probably getting into the mix. And so this could all change, but it does seem like there could be a lot of quarterbacks coming off the board. Specifically for Carolina, I think Jacob Eason would be a good fit. You know, he's sort of a, a similar player in that Justin Herbert type mold. Tall, big arm, athletic, can certainly move around, make throws on the move. If you're looking for somebody that can also give you that under center, play action, back to the defense type of stuff, Jacob Eason's done that as well. And that's a really important part, at least in my thinking on quarterbacks, is when you have somebody that can do that, when you have somebody that can turn their eyes away from the defense, run that play action fake, and then flip those eyes back around and still diagnose what the defense has done in that split second or so when he hasn't had his eyes on them, that's a critical part to the decision-making process and the process and speed for a quarterback. And so I'm impressed by Jacob Eason. Jake Fromm's interesting. I think an NFL team is going to fall in love with him. I don't know if it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. I keep coming back to the idea of the Chicago Bears perhaps as the best landing spot for Jake Fromm um, because I think he could run Matt Nagy's system. I think he might even be an early upgrade on Mitchell Trubisky, you know, given what Trubisky has done over the past couple of seasons. I think Fromm's a good decision maker. I love everything he does say from the neck up. Sometimes the arm strength has a little bit leaves, you know, leaves you a little bit underwhelmed, um, but I think he's a smart heady quarterback. He was trusted to do a lot at the line of scrimmage, which is huge for a quarterback's development. So, I mean, he'd be more of like a round three type guy. But if Jacob Eason's in the mix, I think that would make some sense for Carolina. And it's funny, too, with Chicago. I think this is two two years in a row in Indy that the Bears have had to come out and say, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky's our guy. That's not necessarily a good sign. You have to keep saying that. And, you know... Since I do do a bit covering the Chicago Bears, it's yeah. been interesting to sort of watch the evolution of the thinking about Mitchell Trubisky because going into this past season, you know, there were many that thought, look, he's going to have a nice little bump, 
you know, he's near his second year in Matt Nagy's system. It's year three for a quarterback, which Bill Walsh famously said, look, year three is when it all comes together for him, and if it doesn't, then you've got a problem. But what did we see from Mitchell Trubisky there? Not much, nothing good. And so there's certainly a, a sense, you know, early in the year when I started writing negative things about Mitchell Trubisky, I was getting crushed on the timeline and in the DMs by Bears fans. What are you writing? This is awful. This is garbage. That all went away, and right now, who are the Bears fans talking about? They're talking about Anthony Gordon and Jake Fromm. Yeah. You know, they're getting excited about potentially moving away from Mitchell Trubisky. And so, the, you know, the, the thinking on Mitchell Trubisky has changed, um, but with reason. And so, you know, the Bears are probably going to be, you know, in that sort of day two mix for a quarterback, I think. Um, you know, they're saying the right things. You know, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy right now about Mitchell Trubisky. But they said those same things about Sean Glennon. And then Mitchell Trubisky took over. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see somebody else under center for the Bears at some point next season. Yeah, it's funny how a four-game regression really changes the mindset of it really of a does. lot of fans. It really um, does. We are, we are creatures of the here and the now. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot so of long-term thinking. Lately? It's, that's exactly right, Bill. So what have you done for me lately? And... Um, you know, you touched on the free agency landscape. I don't think the Panthers are really going to be too much players in terms of the quarterbacks because, I mean, if, if you really think about free agency, Cam Newton would really be your best option if we're talking quote-unquote free agents. Not that, not that he's a free agent, but it's, it's, I don't think any of these options, because they're not going to go out and get Phillip Rivers because he's going to cost too much. They're not going to go out and get James Winston. He's going to cost too much. You know, you might, you might as well stick with with. Uh, with with Cam Newton, but if we go to, because you just mentioned a couple of those guys too, I'm glad you did, because I want to kind of finish up with that, those later round guys, like an Anthony Gordon, like a Cole McDonald, you know, we got a chance to talk to go talk to those guys, especially a guy like Anthony Gordon, I'm, I'm really intrigued with Anthony Gordon, because he's really trying to show that he's not just a system quarterback, right. we, we know the whole Mike Leach thing, and we know how some of these quarterbacks have struggled to kind of get out of that system. And I thought he did a pre- pretty decent job of that at, at the Senior Bowl. I, I thought he looked good. I mean, we saw him at the game. I, I personally thought he was going to get MVP with how you know, he threw a couple touchdown passes. His team actually won the game. Of course, they gave it to Justin Herbert. But I'm intrigued with, um, I think, with the right development. Anthony Gordon can be something. Do you feel that way too? You know, not just from a Panthers standpoint, but just from a general standpoint with Anthony Gordon. Is he someone that, with the right development, can become something in this league? I certainly think so, Bill. And what's been interesting watching sort of the the reframing of everybody's thinking about the air raid offense over the past couple of seasons has been fascinating to see, just from a conceptual standpoint. You know, I think Gardner Minshew did a great job last year down in Mobile, then through his draft process, to highlight the fact that you know, in the air raid offense. Quarterbacks are doing a lot more from a mental standpoint than people are being given are giving them credit for. You know, you could put Patrick Mahomes into that mix as well. Because if you think back to Mahomes and his draft process, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's just an air raid quarterback. Like he's going to take some time to learn things." But if you really sat down and watched what he was asked to do in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, there were a lot of conversions and options and all sorts of things he had to do from a mental perspective. And you heard it yesterday from Bruce Arians, who said, "Look, in our meetings, in our evaluation process of Mahomes." He was the best quarterback in terms of knowing what the hell he was doing that I've seen since Andrew Luck. You know, he's a very smart guy from an air raid system. Minshew last year, I asked him about, you know, Mike Leach's office, and he said, look, you know, we are running full field, five progression reads on every single play, and you don't see these guys in these quote-unquote, and they literally used air quotes, college pro-style offenses doing that. I talked to Gordon yesterday, asked him his favorite play to run. It was Y cross. Why? Because it's a full field read, left to right, you're reading that go route to the crosser, to the curl, to the backside dig. Four reads, 
on a given play, full field, left to right, right to left. Again, you're not seeing guys like Justin Herbert or sometimes even Tua Tungavailoa do that as well or at least as broad a base in terms of the reads on a play as Anthony Gordon is doing. And so I think people are starting to reframe how they think about the air raid, and that's going to benefit guys like Gordon. I think he has some things that he needs to clean up. You know, if you watch him on film, he's statuesque, and that's usually a death knell for quarterbacks, um, but it's not a lack of mobility or athleticism. He just keeps his feet just rock set underneath them, and he doesn't move them as he's making these reads, as he's going from that vertical route to the crossing route to the curl to the dig. His feet are stationary below him, so he needs to clean that up, but he's got that baseball background. And we're seeing more and more of these quarterbacks that had that baseball background. It gives them that ability to make those off-platform throws, to make throws outside of the pocket, to make throws off-structure. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, all had that baseball background. We talked to Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. He's asked about, you know, does playing baseball matter? And he's like, yeah, it does. You look at Murray, you look at Mahomes. That baseball background gives him that ability to make those throws. Talk to Anthony Gordon, he was a middle infielder growing up. He's turning double plays. When you're just getting the ball out as quick as you can from any thrown angle, that helps you when you make that transition to the National Football League. And if you think about his senior bowl and the game he played, the touchdown he threw, drops the arm angle, moves the arm slots, make, able to make that off-platform, off-structure throw. So if I'm betting on sort of a, a later-round quarterback, you know, Anthony Gordon's at the top of that list. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I feel like Cole, uh, Cole McDonald is kind of in that similar sense, too, because I even kind of asked him about that, too, about kind of the stigma that Hawaii quarterbacks seem to have. And then I posted that on Twitter, and someone actually replied to me, and I thought he brought up a good point. If uh, if some of these other, or these older Hawaii quarterbacks, like um, Cole Brennan. Cole Brennan, yeah, yeah the names are drawn a blank there. But if those past Hawaii quarterbacks were in like today's NFL, they might have been in a better situation because, yeah. like you said, the air, the air raid and even the style of offense that Hawaii runs. Because even McDonald told me they're running f you know, full field progression right. type and, too. You know, in talking to McDonald, you know, I asked him, you know, what was his favorite play to run, and he called, he said he his favorite play was what they call streak read, mm -hmm. which is basically four verticals. But in Hawaii's run and shoot offense, each route converts based on the coverage they're seeing, and so it's a great design. He he kept calling their offense a, a counter-based offense because they have a counter or a response to anything the defense shows them. And so on that play, you know, if it's cover one, everybody might be running the go, but if it's cover four, everybody might be running comebacks, or if it's a combination coverage, you might get a go and a comeback and a go and a comeback on both sides. And so everything converts, and it converts based on the coverage. And so that, again, taxes the quarterback from a mental perspective. And so he's forced to go into a play and then recalibrate his thinking on what he has to do based on what the defense has shown him. Again, something that not all these quarterbacks are asked to do, but he's asked to do it, and it comes from a run-and-shoot offense, and people think, oh, he's probably not going to be good from a mental standpoint, but he's actually going to be ahead of some quarterbacks because of that, because of what's put on his plate in terms of reading defenses. You know, most quarterbacks now, before the play begins, they look at the sideline and the quarterback coaches tell them what to do. He has to do that stuff on the fly based on what he's reading from the defense. That elevates your your mental standpoint as a quarterback, and that's huge at the position. Yeah. Listen, I, I could sit here and talk to you about quarterbacks all day, but uh, I think that's kind of a good place to stop. I think we kind of did like a nice broad sense. But um, 
uh, like, like I said, really appreciate you taking time to, to sit here with me. I'm so glad we got to do this. You know, it's, it's fun just to talk, you know, through the computer, but to get the chance to, have, to sit here face-to-face with you has, has been outstanding. So, I mean, go ahead and let the listener. I mean, you know, if the listeners don't, don't, don't know where to find you by now, then I don't know what they're doing because – but uh, if they happen – to maybe be new to you or they're just coming into football where can they find you yeah bill thanks for having me it was great to sit down and, and catch up um in, in person here um best way to find me is on twitter at mark schoolfield now uh, check out the workplace like inside the pylon uh pro football weekly matt waldman's rookie scouting portfolio a bunch of different sb nation websites big blue view bleeding green nation and pat's pulpit a couple different podcasts as well but the best way is on twitter at mark schoolfield awesome thank you so much mark thanks buddy Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Queen City Beauty Group, which offers transformational skincare services for anyone in Charlotte, North Carolina, with, for anyone with skin. Owner operator Nichelle Mosley, 2018 and 2019 international award winning skin specialist. She is a sought after advisor on multiple peer to peer platforms and has developed her own skincare line and invented an exfoliating mitt for everyday use. She is booked as a speaker at five skin specialist conferences in 2020 so far and specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. Queen City Beauty Group provides professional results-oriented treatments and educates their clients on how to maintain continued results and they take pride in exceeding clients' expectations. Queen City Beauty Group moved to a new location January 31st and they are ready to open the door and calendar to new customers. They offer international award-winning treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, milia, sagging skin, fine lines and wrinkles, prosecchia, sun damage, and body contouring. They are a boutique spa with only custom services, meaning every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin and condition. Queen City Beauty Group is here to help you with their valentine's day special still running still running late but you still got a couple days to get your special someone this great offer it's a 215 dollar value and it can be yours for just 79 dollars it gets you the custom treatment with nichelle mostly at queen city beauty group it gets you the 50 dollar gift certificate for a future visit and you get the gift from queen city beauty group and Queen City Beauty Group also offers monthly memberships at a 20% savings, as well as individual appointments. So to book the Valentine's Day special, again, it only runs till the end of the month, so you got a couple days left. You get the consultation and the custom treatment with Nichelle mostly at Queen City Beauty Group. You get the $50 gift certificate for a future visit, or you can re-gift it, and the gift from Queen City Beauty Group. So just go to queencitybeautygroup.com. Book the Valentine's special and type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form. And as always, thanks so much for the support. Thank you for tuning in. And thanks again to Mark Schofield for a great conversation and sitting down with me. And until next time, keep it locked here on LOP. And we will see you next time. Until then, take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.